Hi, this is Mwanda Says, a podcast by me, Mwanda Ngao, on all things life. I'm so excited to already be at episode 5. Honestly, thank you so much to everyone that has listened, everyone that sent in voice notes, everyone that's shared feedback. I'm grateful and excited to be doing this podcast and I'm looking forward to having more great conversations. If you know me, you know I love a good conversation and so this is really just um it's really just amazing for me. So we switched gears last week. I introduced a new format called In Conversation. <laughs> and as the name suggests, it features curated conversations with different people on different topics. Last week's podcast was In Conversation with Kenyan Writers, part one, and featured Ngatia Brian Kimathi, Alea Kasam, and Magunga Williams. So it was, you know, part one because, um, you know, there's a part two, obviously, which is this. But um, it was supposed to be one episode. But when I started editing, I realized, okay, this can't be one episode. <laughs> because it was really hard to cut out a lot, of, a lot of the conversation. And I wanted to keep, um, you know, just make it authentic. Um, because honestly, it's, it's really lovely. And I feel like at this time, I really am craving authenticity. And so I wanted to keep a lot of the authenticity of the conversation um, in the final edit. So I didn't even like change um, you know, that much, do that much editing. Um, yeah, so today's episode is the second part of our series, as I said, and features Abigail Arunga and Anita Murage. I will also be sharing some of my favorite work from the five writers featured in this, in this conversation, as well as mention some of my other favorite Kenyan writers. Um, yeah, <laughs> so let's get into it. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm okay, how are you? I have a bit of a headache because I decided that doing squats during the day is a good idea because I'm trying to get that bikini body when we get back to the beach. Wait, you got a headache from doing squats? I do. Exercise doesn't go well with my body, but I push through and that's the point. Hi. Hi. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay, just having one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, it's very no problem. So, my name is Abigail Arunga. I am a professional sleep artist. No, I'm kidding. I am a writer, a journalist by profession, writer by the stuff I have to do to do my rent. <laughs> I guess, I guess that's a summary, but I do. I'm, I do content creation kind of by mistake. <laughs> uh, so I do a YouTube show. I do a column in the paper. I do many Instagram stories. Does that count? I feel like that should count. <laughs> it does, definitely. I do uh, scripts for TV, even though I haven't written a script for TV in quite a while. I think the last thing that I wrote that was on TV was on Star Times. Is it Star Times? I think. A couple of Swahili shows on Star Times, but uh, it was maybe a year or two ago. Oh, wait, I wrote a Nigerian show. Sorry, I'm getting very distracted in this introduction. That's the end of the introduction. I'm a writer. Yes, <laughs> I tell words for a living. It's what I do. 
Okay, and how are you? I am trying to figure out how to deal with life every day because every day feels like an apocalypse. Like every day feels like the sky is falling around me. But look, let's go listen to some musicians' Instagram live and feel better that everything is crumbling around us. So basically oscillating between those two places of extreme joy at being at home and extreme sadness at how the government doesn't care about anyone. Okay. Are you able to like create, especially write during this time? I don't really have a choice. Capitalism doesn't leave writers a choice. Hattie. Hey, are you feeling bad? Don't write. <laughs> That's not how writing works. It's like, do you want to pay rent or not? It's cool. Cool. You're feeling bad. Can you take a nap and get over it? It's literally how capitalism works, which is why I'm anti-capitalist. P.S. by the way. But um, in terms of able to create like new things outside of my deadlines. No, not really. Not particularly, no. And is this like true for, is it just like the writing or any other like creative form, like anything else? I can do other creative forms. Um, I can do like my social media. I'm not finding it difficult to like be on social media, except when, you know, something happens and everyone is talking overwhelmingly about Corona and then I have to get off social media because it's too much. You know, the thing for like, it's just too much, too much information. Yeah, like it's a, like, a, an overload. Too much death, too many theories, too many speculations. I'm just like, listen, past a certain point, if we die, we die. Like, if you can prevent it, you can. If you can't, you can't. Like, every, things are happening as they should. And that I don't know, like, I don't know how to cope. So I've just been like, past a certain point, I tune things out. I've kind of like, if work calls come past a certain hour, I'm just like, mm -mm, you know. Yeah. I haven't been, I've been like shutting down like, everyone wants to do like video calls all the time i'm just like please god no i can't i i'm literally i'm incapable of doing video calls like even like with my siblings i'm just they're just like oh let's do a video call i'm just like can you voice note yeah. <laughs> can you text me like it it just feels like an overload it feels like yeah it feels like an overload so speaking of like you know stuff going on online i mean everyone is creating not just creatives but even just like i don't say random people but you know what i mean <laughs> people, like people are who are creating. not professionally creative yeah or just generally you know they've we've never seen, really seen them creating like in that way but people Amen. are are creating and you know there's this like what people are calling quarantine arts yeah yeah so hey, like what, recipe what do you mad. think about it i think it's very amusing um it's really hilarious to me how people always like but see it's just doing this and this and then you get this um people really look at the art as something that you do as a hobby or something that you're unserious about and yet it's like arts that are taking us through corona you know what i mean yeah. like people are taking up their time by watching people's instagram lives and creating like fashion content for the outfits and doing the don't rush challenge and this rush of people on TikTok. And it's like, first of all, most people have something creative within them and that's awesome. And they've just never had a chance to put it. They've never had time to do the things to put it online. Now we have nothing but time and this is what they're choosing to do with their time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's amusing for me in terms of people really that are the arts and the arts is the only thing that people can do right now. You know, yeah. like I'm not against all of the recipes of banana bread, which everyone seems to be making. But I'm like, even me, am I doing something wrong? No, it's because um, it's like the e literally the easiest thing to make. Yeah. 
what I want. Really? Is it? Yeah, it kind of is. Like, it's pretty straightforward. So I guess people are just like, yeah. Mm, I guess so. Yeah. But no, I'm not against, like, people, um, you know, winding away the time. It's an overload also of that because there's a lot of banana bread. But, um, yeah, I wonder how many people will actually, like, realize that they're really unhappy in their jobs and this is what they actually want to do. I kind of feel like a lot of people already have. Yeah. And they're just dealing with it, with it in, you know, however they're dealing with it. Maybe yeah. part of it is the baking. <laughs> yeah. And the creating and things because it's like, okay. What else? Yeah, I mean, it's not like you, exactly. You have a lot mm. of options mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, of that, um, in terms of, because, you know, the, why it's being called quarantine art, you know, when you look at um, history, a lot of history is really just us looking at what was created during that time. And a lot of it is it's art. Mm. So now we can learn a lot from specific points in time because of, you know, the stories that are written, the poetry that was written, the music that was made. Mm. So as a writer and, you know, as a general creative, are you yourself in any way creating anything during this time or that speaks to this time are you interested in doing that or are you able to do that let me not say interested like are you able to do that um and then what do you think about that that concept of um especially i think as you know kenyan or african writers and and content creators of you know being able to curate our own experiences during this time mm. um I don't, I'm not like doing it with an aim to like document or be some kind of um, historical representation for the times. Like the only writing that I'm doing that's kind of pertinent to the times is the column that I regularly do, you know, where I bitch about the government. Oh, am I allowed to cuss? Feel free. Okay, cool. So the only, the only real documentation I'm doing of the times is the columns that I do bitching about the government and why aren't they doing this and why aren't they doing that. Um, but like in terms of like my personal art, no. And not necessarily because it's not something I'm interested in. Oh, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not interested in it. I haven't really thought about it. You know, I think um, for people who already work from home and who already experience the world kind of in this way, like from an introverted hermit-like way, it, it doesn't really, for me personally, it doesn't really affect how I create just because this is how I've always created so if it wasn't in the plan for me to create then I wouldn't be creating anyway because this hasn't really changed a lot for me like I'm still at home it's just like now I'm forced to be at home whereas before it was a choice to be at home you know what I mean yeah yeah so no I wasn't I wasn't really particularly interested in documenting what this means I'm more interested in imagining and implementing what the future will become I'm curious about like whether Africa will realize that we're the bees knees and no one else knows what the fuck they're doing and we can rely on ourselves for everything we ever need and we need to cut off all these colonializers, colonializers, colonizers, <laughs> colonialists. Are you seeing how that merged in my head to one weird way? Yeah. Um, I'm curious about how like will we finally realize that America is just the third world as us, you know? Mm-hmm. Will we finally start putting travel sanctions on people who, like, come into our country and terrorize people in our country while terrorizing our people in theirs with us, not like the way the Chinese are treating um, African people in China? Like, 
what is the what is the fundamental mind shift that is happening with corona and even like in kenya is there ever a time where we're going to just be like okay like the way rwanda does two days on the road i mean there's like a day in the week where there are no cars on the road you know that thing like can we start like taking care of our environment can we start like thinking about our parents more can we start thinking about where we want to live more and the quality of life that we want because like if february was the last real month of life that you had before there was a pause are you happy with what you did in that month and who you were in that month Mm -hmm. and if you weren't like what are you going to change once you get your quote unquote life back you know i i I really want people to find more happiness and self-worth as individuals as a nation as a continent as regards to our dwelling on mother nature who's just really gonna kill us all you know if we keep doing this shit honestly yeah yeah Edwin Stud, my name, yeah. <laughs> That's a good place. <laughs> my name is Anita Muraga, Suki Muraga. I am a features writer at the Daily Nation, okay, Nation Media Group in general, and um, also a featured writer for Too Early for Birds. Yeah. Okay, great. Part of the projects I'm doing, I guess. So, how are you? Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's a hard question. I don't even know why I said that, but uh, I'm doing okay. Um, it's just been a lot harder to, I guess, put out work for a while. Um, but I've managed to find like a headspace and like a number of things that I can do with my time, so that I can always like. Um, channel out something that makes me feel, you know, like writing is a release. Mm-hmm. Writing is a release, and I I can't rob myself of that catharsis, like because you know, like of everything that's going on. So even if it's not something that necessarily like for, just make sure that I do something for myself. So yeah, I think I'm okay. Mm, okay. I think I'm okay in general. <laughs> so are you going into work? Or no, are you no, working no. from home? I'm working from home, which uh, at first was was really hard. I, I'll admit that. But um, now it's getting a lot better. I'm actually writing a lot more um, than I would in, if I was going to work every day. Because also, like, commuting and all that usually has its own stresses. But... Um, here like i've just managed to find like a way to channel all the right energy to write whatever the okay whatever i want i'm going to say something but i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so do you weird? have any ground rules uh-huh. <laughs> really you know what's so weird is that i'm like i think for me um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always like curious about that because i don't know how to write with people around me so you know you're saying that it's it's um it's harder it's harder or rather it was the transition was harder um mm-hmm. to get to the point where you could write from home but i'm I'm just wondering how do you write with people like there oh writing with people is infinitely worse for like i'll say that for sure not like it's a bad thing but like um at least at home i figured that i can work um during whatever hours i want to work like um, if I work best in the morning and late at night, maybe in the middle of the day, I'll go find some inspiration, read some other work, 
but um morning and like in the dead of night that's when like the best ideas come up also mm-hmm. i i find that it's it's much easier to write than you know if someone is hovering over your shoulder or telling you oh, see, write this you know when yeah. you're already in the middle of um a process here you have like more control over your creative process so i guess i understand where that's coming from as well but the transition was only hard because um you know my job i have to interact with people mm-hmm. i have to talk to people i love um talking to people hearing what they have to say i get so much from their expressions and like sometimes you can feed off that energy and like channel it into something that you know it's it's beautiful it's an archive of who that person was mm-hmm. in the moment that you met them but now it's like i don't know <laughs> you're doing it on on email you're doing it yeah. on phone call a lot can be lost in translation and um i guess that's pretty much the only thing i miss about not you know working from the office or whatever like meeting and interacting with people is it's it's a huge part of my writing i love i love um i love painting a portrait of who this person is but um i guess that's not very much to complain about also like we're going we're bound to get to that point at some at, at on some level yeah so now it's just adapting to what everyone is calling the new reality <laughs> yeah the, the the new normal the new normal yeah. i'm so tired of that phrase i know the even me. coronavirus <laughs> so i got and it's sad because this is just the beginning so i yeah, feel like we're not, we're is... not even sure what what that's going to look like in like a year no like yeah by next year like the new normal could be infinitely different is there is there such a thing as the new normal and we just like constantly changing i guess yeah i think it's just like return to comfort ourselves yeah you know by using it, phrases it's like that because it's like you're saying okay you know it's 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 like okay so we can't do things the way we're used to doing them now what we considered yeah. normal So we have this other way of doing things and we're going to call it the new normal so that we feel at least a bit comfortable <laughs> instead of just yeah. saying okay everything is changing and we don't know what's going on and it's scary and and we don't know if we're going to be able to make it and you know like it's just easier to just be like the new normal but we're, we're going to be fine we'll just adjust to whatever the new normal is <laughs> <laughs> True So but I don't know hmm? uh-huh Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> oh no, I was going to say like um I guess it's helping us like contextualize this particular situation, but like we've had so many new normals. Cuz in the past like two decades, <laughs> I feel like we've gone through like seven transitions or something. Like this the stuff that we used to do in 2000 that right now like we think about it and it sounds so kenyaji. I don't know. Like yeah. Why didn't we call that the new normal? Why do we have why why is this phrase amplified right now? I guess that's a question I can leave hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good thing to think about. Mm-hmm. So, are you doing other um types of like creativity, creative work? Creative work? Yeah, creative work <laughs> other than writing. Mm-hmm. Like is there anything else you're doing like as an outlet? Mm. 
not really. I I really wanted to get into um painting. I've missed painting so much. Mm-hmm. And um I love I love drawing. I love art generally, but um I guess I haven't really gotten around to that, but I've really 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 wanted to do that. That digital art, I guess I've been consuming a lot more of those so that when the day finally comes at least I'll know what, what I want to what I want um my art to look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, cuz it's also been like I think it's been 10 years. 10 years, 9 years since I last painted. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like, but um I feel like I should give words a break. I feel like I've been writing the same stuff for the past couple of weeks and it's not that I'm running out of inspiration, but I'm running out of inspiration. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's valid. perfectly normal. Yeah. yeah. So, so speaking... there's also not very much. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I keep cutting you. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's not, there's not very much going on, so I guess that's why I keep um I'm I'm looking for inspiration from other artists because there are people that are really creating right now and um at some point I felt really terrible that you know like why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. Um I I know that personally I'm doing quite a bit on the word on the words front but um seeing other people um grow in other ways uh especially when you know with everything going on it's uh, just now me appreciating what people what other people are doing so that when the time comes for me i can also just find a way to appreciate my own stuff yeah so speaking of consumption because you're saying you're consuming quite a bit of of art what where are you consuming right now and why if there's a reason why in particular you're consuming that content and you know you can share like you know something that's maybe sticking out for you or a content creator that you like or you know something that you're enjoying well i had wanted to get into digital art for a very very long time and um you know i'd made like a lot of follows on instagram but i never really got around to looking at them and um really seeing what their creative process is like Okay, you can never really understand that from looking at someone's art on Instagram, but um looking at the inspiration and um also just having like a couple of chats with them, people like Anthony, I really love his work, and um foreign artists, people like Tony Goom, I love Tony Goom's work. I haven't really gotten to um look at her work for a very long time, so I noticed that she'd also grown so much as an artist mm-hmm. and because i hadn't been using my instagram for a very long time actually like actively going and like finding new accounts and seeing what people are doing out there i hadn't done that for ages it's um uh, mostly twitter i guess because it's the medium um i relate to the most it's words mm-hmm. and um also gives me a chance to <laughs> to churn out my own content uh on a day to day basis as opposed to instagram which is more visual uh instagram also uh and a number of magazines there's um magazines that are chronicling like our life right now mm-hmm. um based off of what artists are churning out and also just hearing out people that want to do 
you know like digital art festivals yeah and stuff on youtube and it's 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 insane also like just watching a lot of film because i also draw a lot of my inspiration from film i love seeing how people think and um churn out motion pictures and you know like sometimes they don't even need words it's just expressions so seeing feeling all of that has been uh i guess my way of coping yeah as well have you been sucked into like nostalgia oh yeah okay that one i i go down that wormhole all the time <laughs> <laughs> i dig into it so much i've actually um even just been thinking more about music and um you know like flipping through my records looking to get a vinyl player so that I can listen to what that's like because I love I love the initial like you know that kakrakul like, yes oh it's insane you can't you can't get that on apple music you can't yeah you can't <laughs> it's really impossible to recreate that feeling it is and um just consuming that i also had like i had a hard drive with like 1 tb of movies from the 1930s kwendambele it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> you know now there's all this time and i can fill it with uh consuming all this art and just um getting new new sources of inspiration necessary okay not necessarily sometimes you just watch it because it's dope and uh yeah Yeah. What do you think Sorry, about? Have like, I answered your question? Yes, you have. <laughs> um so what do you think about like um you know right now everyone is talking about um how much content they're consuming, but we're also seeing a lot of people creating content who might not necessarily even be content creators, but you know yeah. the content creators are really also like okay, a bunch of them, not I wouldn't say every single content creator, but they're also out there creating content and experimenting and doing the most and things like that. What do you think about that whole thing in terms of, you know, overdrive in creativity during this time and then also um in the Kenyan context especially like I don't know if you've been seeing all the videos like on TikTok and mm-hmm. you know all all this all these everybody is, is becoming a YouTuber and um you know me <laughs> becoming a podcaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what are your thoughts about like art in in the time of, you know, I'd say a pandemic or quarantine, quarantine art. Yeah. Quarantine art. Mhm. What I think about it. Yeah, so I love flipping through archives. I love um going through newspapers, going through um re- like records of what people were doing in a certain t- like in a certain uh, period of time. And what better way like now we live in uh, the digital age this is like probably the first time that it's a first like large scale pandemic for the entire world and i guess um for some people it's anxiety of you know what's my mark like yeah. now we are stuck in the house what are people going to to remember me for like i've had all this time in my life but like you know maybe you've been stuck at work you've been stuck doing something that um you feel doesn't represent you Mm-hmm. or something of the sort and like now that that's stopped what are you going to do with your time and um how are you going to share it with others what are you going to what are people going to say about you after all this is over yeah. um so i i feel like for some maybe it comes from a point of anxiety for some maybe it comes from a point of they've thought about doing this for a very long time 
but now um, they know that black people have all the time in the world to consume what they're creating. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I'm excited about this period and what people are coming up with because I I have not lacked maybe like a really interesting story to tell. Mm-hmm. There's so many like um, I don't know if you read Nanjala Nyabola's piece. Yes, I did. Um, the one that talks about how we're supposed to control like our narrative of how and I mean of everything that happens during the coronavirus pandemic because mm-hmm. you know like foreign journalists for like people looking from the outside they don't understand what's going on you know qua ground yeah so do. it's for us to it's for us to keep sharing the stories that um we have socially whether they're good or bad like it's better when it comes from us so um especially because for a very long time especially like um when was I looking at? I was looking at the flu pandemic in mm-hmm. 1918. Yeah. And um, you know how the Renaissance period is so well recorded. 1920, Kwendambele, like everyone has talked about that decade as the roaring 20s. You know, they talk about the parties that happened. They talk about the art that was created. Yeah, Where's that for us? <laughs> Where's that for us? I, I went, I went, I looked through the newspaper. It's like, it's it's just colonialist stories, what they came to do here in Happy Valley and such. Yeah. Now that we have the opportunity to tell our own stories, imagine like if you want to play guitar for the first time and you learn how to do it in 72 hours, show us. We're going to tell that story. People are going to remember you as that guy that learned how to play guitar in mm-hmm. 72 hours. That mama who... Um, drove around Nairobi seven times because you know cabin fever got to her or whatever. It's yeah. it's all it's a catharsis for you, but it's history for everyone that wouldn't have lived through this period. And I think that's amazing. I feel like everyone should just do what they want and own it. Own it. There's no bad art. There's no such thing as bad history. Just live. Everyone wants to see you live because like. Yeah. <laughs> let me not yeah. let me not exaggerate that statement. I think you get yeah, the, the gist of it. <laughs> so speaking <laughs> of um, you know, creation, because like what you're saying is absolutely true, that especially um and that's a big reason why I do everything I do in terms of curating mm-hmm. for, for ourselves and also for future generations. And especially I think for writers, it's one of the most um writing is a medium that's really just made for curation. So yeah. um are you curating? And if so, maybe you can talk mm-hmm. about like maybe something interesting that you've come across or something you've you've been doing um in terms of writing and curating. Um okay, so I, I, I ordinarily would not talk about like work in progress, but uh I'm going to I'm going to probably just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> so um especially because I, I'll be honest, I'm a writer, but I haven't been a writer for very long, at, at least not in the public sphere. Mm-hmm. And a part of that for me is also just trying to figure out what kind of writer I am and uh, what kind of work I want to do. So I've experimented like a bunch with all sorts of um, genres, I'm trying to communicate, you know, stuff that I'll see in the news as... Uh, 
as an interesting piece. Mm-hmm. Like recently I found okay, I, I've always been obsessed with how Nairobi was built off the backs of women and the work that they did. Mm-hmm. You know, be it sex work, be it um selling selling gin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In like the the late 1800s, early 1900s in Kibera, stuff like that. I've always been interested in like what women used to do for fun mm-hmm. or like for money and how they managed to sustain their communities. And I recently came across an article that was so like I, I was so perturbed. I just I, I started to get out of the box. I, I thought about women that um, why are women in jail? Yeah. You know, I also have like a lot of time to think about things like that. Why are women in jail, especially in Kenya? Like, what, what is taking women to jail? Is it um this violence that like men keep talking about? Like, what is it? Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of it has a man somewhere. Yeah, but seventy percent of women in Kenyan prisons, according to some report in twenty seventeen, are in jail because of violations associated to the Liquor Act. Mm. And, and like, I sat down and I thought about how many women I've met like that. Like, people that are just, like, they keep going to jail for the same thing because they make moratina, because they make whatever. Yeah. Why is that not changing? And how can you tell a story like that? Mm. Um, and what does so that, that mean? Like, for yeah. us, in terms of, I mean, that's literally something that's supposed to be part of our culture. True. Has been all these years is still a crime it's still a crime there's no like regulation that's very it's case it's not case sensitive it's like we're just we we've always known that we borrow laws or we took laws from like our colonialists yeah but like some of these laws have been scrapped why are some like still there especially the petty offenses like i feel like there's a way that they can be researched and reimagined yeah and um of course yeah so and you can't say that something not... that we are not doing it. Yeah, and I don't know how else are people going to know that this is an issue if uh, you know you don't communicate it. Anyway. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, finding new ways to tell stories like that, especially now that like I'm not like in the legal sphere anymore. Mm-hmm. Even if I want to go back there, somehow I'm going to just. I love writing. I'm just going to have to use this tool to uh, communicate important stories like that and um, spur important discussions. But even beyond that, like just having fun with, um, you know, the stuff I, I do for fun. Like, how can I, how can I compact that? How can I tell people the stuff that I do for fun? Because um, there's a lot of very serious stories coming out of it. And I'm not saying that they're not important, but, um, I feel like we should also uh, record, you know, our vice life. <laughs> yeah. You know, instead of having guys like Vice News come here to give us stories about ketamine or cocaine or whatever, and um, reading literatica from. Uh, what yeah. Books were these? Mills and Boone. Oh my God, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I can still read it, like now. I find, like, I mean, I read it ironically, but I'm just like, listen, it's entertaining. <laughs> it's 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 entertaining, but you know, I sat down the other day. I think I went through, you know, this uh, website, Literatica. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I went through that website. I woke up some Sunday and it just bugged me. I'm like, let me just check it out. So I went, I read it. I hadn't read it since I think high school or something. And now, um, don't ask me what I was doing reading it in high school. Mm-hmm. And now, like, <laughs> I started thinking about, you know, like, what with using the same adjectives over and over and over again yeah. to describe the same thing. It's like writing the same story with different characters. But like you're changing, you're only changing the names. You're yeah. not changing. It was like more of a the, marketing the strategy, because you you find a lot yeah. of those were like they were ghostwriters and things. Like it was really just like a production type of thing, rather than you know like they were, you know, different writers. It, it was actually like a production type of thing where it was like a particular um, company that was just like putting these things out, and you know they had a formula. It worked, and were like, yeah, repeat you know, rinse and repeat type of thing. Yeah, all the time. Because actually, they those books, like, they're like a thousand. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they you work, you work. They, they made the money from, from it. Yeah. <laughs> you walk through town and, like, you, you always find a new one. And um, I remember in high school, guys used to cut them in half. You know, like, one person reads part one as you read part <laughs> two. But, uh, you know, why were we reading that if as a writer, you can't like recreate something like that and not make it corny. Maybe you can make it um, make it Kenyan. Yeah, we have very strange uh, we have very strange behaviors as Kenyans. I feel like um, the more people that write about what they've seen, the more um, like this time capsule of coronavirus. We, we we stop talking about whatever's happening in the political sphere. You can also talk about what's happening in the cultural sphere, what's happening in people's heads, because now that's what that's what that's what we're seeing more of. We're seeing what's going through people's minds on you know like a random Sunday afternoon. Mm, and, I love it. Um, and that's our that's our way of recording history. So that's what I'm doing. Like I'm just if any crazy idea that I have that I feel like pursuing. I, I've just been sitting down. I see, I, I chat how it's going to look. And mm-hmm. the other day, I actually opened like uh, an Instagram page for tasting cakes because I don't know. I just felt like tasting cakes. Mm-hmm. Like you can buy an entire cake right now and you probably finish it in a day. There's so much time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no comment. Don't judge me. You said it's a safe space. No, I'm not judging you. I'm just not commenting. <laughs> so yeah, but it was it was also influenced by the fact that you know, like you know about Lord. Yes. Yeah, and then she had like this, the, the page. Um, yeah, the page that ranked onion rings yeah, in her, in her I town. Loved it, in, yeah. Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah. yeah. So why not do that for stuff that we have in Nairobi? Like sometimes not everything needs to be a business venture. Just have fun with yeah. what you're doing. Like, yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um. So now I'm gonna ask you some uh quick fire, I guess, <laughs> questions. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Who are you reading? Oh gosh, I don't even know her name because she's horrible. Um, <laughs> can I say who I last read? Yeah. Because this other book is really boring. Like it's so boring. It's putting me just like I'm using it like a bedtime story. <laughs> um, so I'm working through my first Malcolm Gladwell. 
A friend of mine really likes Malcolm Gladwell, and so I am reading Talking to Strangers, which is his latest book, which isn't bad. I'm not very good at nonfiction, but this one isn't bad. Um, and I just finished The Sultan's Harem by Colin Falconer. I like anything to do with harems and sex work. Like, I'll read any story where there is, like, a woman using her wiles to get what she wants. I'm going to, yeah. I really, and I like, like, it's historical fiction, and it's making me miss a lot of historical fiction that I used to read. Like Wilbur Smith, who I love deeply. Mm-hmm. Who am I reading? Um, I'm rereading actually. Mm-hmm. Nairobi Noir. Uh, it's an anthology that was released was it this year. Yeah. It was this year. So, oh, the the story is amazing. Like I think I've read Makena and Jerrica's like enough times. I love how she writes. Yeah, and um. You know, now that you can't go outside, I guess um, that's what I'm doing more of. I'm also reading a lot of essays on Granta mm-hmm. and uh, the Paris Review. Amazing. Um, I'm yet to get to... What's this book called? Everyone keeps saying Gone Girl is a really good book. So I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually read it, um, but maybe like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm also um, trying to get a lot more into Japanese uh, writing. Mm-hmm. There's a story I found called Spinning Gears, and uh, let me get the writer. I have my laptop right here with me. Spinning Gears is a, a, it's a story I've been wanting to read for a while, especially after I found out that the writer committed suicide after writing the last line. So that was like an interesting story. His name is Ryunosuke Akutagawa. Yeah, there's been a bunch of stories. (laughs) There's been a bunch of stories written about, it's like a 16 page story. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's short by any other name. Uh, But I realized that any kind of any kind of writing that has been translated from to English, I wish I could read Japanese, honestly. Like those guys have a way with the expressions, the way they the way they talk about um the way they, they okay. The way they express their stories basically. Yeah, it's it's very it's poetic. Very, very poetic. I I think it's fantastic, so I've been consuming a lot more of that. Yeah. Who are you listening to? Oh, Lord. Um, so because I started working out this year, like I need like a lot of like up-tempo jams because exercise is boring as fuck. Um, so I'm listening to a lot, a lot of Latino music. So like Maluma from Colombia, J Balvin, mm. uh, Anwar Lee, Becky G, Nancy Natasha, Osuna, many, Daddy Yankee. Yeah, a lot of that. I am listening to. When they were asking me hard questions, I listen no, to. No, it's like it's this like just name like the a song, <laughs> a podcast, <laughs> an audio book. <laughs> um, I've been doing like a deep dive into. First of all, I've been listening to a lot of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, like just nineties stuff. I don't know why. Like I just started backtracking I, I realize that that's an entire era that i think i know but i really don't know 
and um it's been interesting because now all of these like what's it called versus yeah <laughs> um like battles and collaborations like the Erica Badu and Jill Scott were amazing mm-hmm. um they have like a, a, they have very interesting discography so i've been listening a lot to the roots and um in terms of world music i've also been obsessing over her name is Myra Andrade mm-hmm. she's from angola no angola no cape verde cape verde okay yeah so when have you had an artist from me yeah, i've never had anyone that like came from cape verde nothing so when i found out that she was from there i just went down the rabbit hole and um i like her sound i do, i might not understand what she's saying but i really like her sound i i realize that that's the thing with music for me it's, yeah me too <laughs> it's uh the melodies the way they sing you'll understand it someday but in the moment like the first time you hear it if it if it vibes with you just follow it yeah yeah okay so that is what I- what are you watching I am okay okay so I love K-dramas okay like Korean soaps like the ones yeah love them just started a new one called Crash Landing on You isn't that the most sappy <laughs> soapy title in life it's so good it's so tamil I don't know if I'm doing it as an escape I don't think so because I've always loved K-dramas but like I don't know if in this era like the emotions are just even deeper oh they're just like eh. Oh my gosh. Are you are you it's like so doing funny. any nostalgic things? Like is um, nostalgia playing a part in what you're consuming? I don't think so. Um I I am rewatching a couple of things. I'm rewatching Modern Family and Community. That's just because they're like fucking hilarious, you know. And um they just put them on Netflix, so I'm really watching that because it's just easier for me to watch instead of I really hate that whole process. Like I do it, like the torrenting and downloading the yeah, but like if I can just switch on the TV and just like watch whatever I want to watch, it just makes my viewing experience just easier. But yeah, no, not really nostalgia, just like new stuff. In fact, it was really hard for me to get into this show because I just finished another show called She Was Pretty and I had do you get like a show hangover? Yeah. Yeah, like, I do. Like you just like you just like now there's nothing to fill the void. It's over. Yeah, you know. And then yeah. Currently, I am watching The Last Dance. Oh yeah, like <laughs> we're all watching The Last Dance. <laughs> I I don't watch, you know, I I, I don't watch basketball like that. But... No, me neither. I was just like, I mean, at least I know those guys. <laughs> yeah, and plus they put the show really well. Like they put the show together so well. I I also um, what's a movie that I Okay, I usually do you know about Monday movie night. This is not like promo, but like I love them. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love what Mugambi is doing there. He's, yeah. Like there's a there's a lot of really cool movies that he's been selecting for us. So yeah. yesterday we watched this one called um I Lost My Body. Mhm. It's an animation from last year. It's French. Yeah. So it's like a native French movie, but like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I think I've been watching a lot of that and just stuff on YouTube sometimes just, you know, okay, not even background noise. I like feature feature length films. And I also just like seeing um there's a collective on YouTube called mm-hmm. Nowness. So it's a channel where like they share a bunch of stuff. They share 
architectural content um but they also share movies so i've been watching a lot of that um just flipping through the different films that people have created and posted on the page and it's free so why not okay it's not free it's on youtube literally yeah kind of <sighs> <laughs> they're getting paid somehow so yeah literally okay what are you eating oh boy um a lot of breakfast foods breakfast is my favorite meal on the day and let me tell you something i really miss about life during this covid time brunch is really my jam like brunch is is my favorite like i love brunch i love a good brunch <laughs> i miss brunch so yeah. much anyway so i'm eating a lot of breakfast food like baked beans sausages eggs toast stuff like that but you know what i'm really i really wish i was eating my mother's nyoyo uh which is gideri because my mother is in charge and i cannot access her nyoyo so yeah what am i eating um the sugar baked cranberry pistachio cookies i'm obsessed with them mm-hmm. uh what else I'm currently on IF baby so my diet is boring like <laughs> oh that's something i decided to try intermittent fasting and yoga so i guess that's been keeping me grounded yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah the cranberry pistachio cookies love them uh lots of chicken it's not very interesting unfortunately but yeah <laughs> okay what what also, also, huh? yeah also okay. some uncle nenas once in a while ah oh, yum those are the best burgers yeah, the best good what are you drinking a lot of gin a lot of gin <laughs> i drink a lot of gin and i'm drinking a lot of wine so there's this new store called winebox kenya um they just started like their delivery service and they have a couple of really good um rosés mm-hmm. and a couple of really good um samplings of white wine which i have been partaking of yes what am i drinking oh i had the best gin over I the mean, weekend I'm literally like please like i was just waiting for you to be like i'm like you've taken so long i was like i mean you're obviously drinking gin <laughs> oh wait sorry again on the what i'm eating i'm also eating um I don't know if you've seen this chick on the TL. Her name is Gavigia Kenya. She's been selling quarant treats. She has the best chocolate chip cookies. I had to plug them. Ah, okay. Uh, what am I drinking? Uh, there's this gin I had over the weekend. I've just been tasting gins by the way. Like, mm-hmm. what better time? What better time to have gin and just indulge? Terrace de Mistral gin. It's pink. Mm-hmm. and has the cutest bottle and um it's from the liquor store here in Lavie what country so is it from it's from France uh, in the okay <laughs> 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 it's from France and um i think it's from a wine producing area Provence mm Provence is it's a yeah I think it's a wine producing area, and uh, the botanicals reflect that a lot, and um, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it with uh, Barca and Queen Marula tonic, 
I really, I really like love that, that tonic. But it works with specific jeans, though. Do you know it worked with... I was trying to look for something to pair with Hendrix. Like, Hendrix is amazing, but I don't know. The Schweppes tonic, I, it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work with it. Yeah, it doesn't. You need something a bit with a kick. <laughs> so, yeah, something with a kick, something with some flavor. I don't know. I've also been hoping to create some cocktails, but... Uh, that's taking a while also because I don't know like a lot more time to write a lot more time to watch but not enough time to drink oh there's also this really nice wine that I had over the weekend I've been doing like a lot of wine in June mm. and yeah me too uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the cocktails I guess the time will come it doesn't feel very summery right now it's just more um, drinks to have as you watch your favorite artist on YouTube kind of vibes um it's called terra linda it's a syrah mm -hmm. uh, it's a spanish syrah it's a 2018 bottle very nice wine you can get it at okay if anyone wants to get it they can ask me yeah. but yeah uh that's what i'm drinking and a lot of water a bunch of water yeah. You know, hydration is water. important, especially at this time when people are just in the house. Very easy to forget to hydrate. It is. It is. Because, like, when you're at work, like, personally, I, I can drink, like, two, three bottles by 1 p.m. Because, you know, drink of choice. But at home, you can get kind of lax with everything. And it's, it's at arm's reach. You can have, like, a bunch of tea. Yeah. <laughs> It's all hydration, but still, yeah, lots of water. Um, like something you want to share. So it could be a quote you live by or just something you feel people, like you want to leave people with. It could be, you know, a paragraph or, or a sentence, even from your own work or from another writer who you, you know, or anybody else who you really, you feel like that's the quote that you want to leave people with. Oh. That's deep. Okay, so uh, probably two things. One, this life that we are living now has absolutely no fucking guarantee, right? Like, we don't know what we're going to make out of this, and we don't know if we're going to make it through this. So if you, whether you're living each day like it's your last, or whether you think that you're going to live until next week or next year, or until you're 80, like, just make it so that the life that you have chosen is one that you actually want. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like we don't have time to waste doing shit jobs and being in shit relationships and uh, shit money isn't bad if you're happy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. money is not having money is bad, but being unhappy kills you just slower. <laughs> I don't, I think people live life like they have, like like God wrote them a guarantee. You will die in 2050. And so you have all this time to waste on fuckboys. <laughs> and, you know, just like yeah. this. Um, and I wish people would be reminded of that, especially now. And then to close, <laughs> um, this part for um, the last paragraph of Desiderata. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be, and whatever your labors and aspirations and the noisy confusion of life, keep peace in your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful and strive to be happy.
you know it's so strange i've read i've read it so many times but every time i hear it i still feel some type of way i know right i feel like hmm i wonder if i'll ever write anything that people will talk about like hundreds of years later and it will like hundreds. and still move them you know what i mean i mean the desert like every line i yeah every line you know what i think i know exactly what i'm going to say um because it's something that i wrote last year and I don't know. I keep longing for the beach. Are you longing for the beach? Of course, and I feel really bad because that was uh, supposed to be my birthday plan. But guess what? <laughs> coronavirus. I coronavirus. was literally supposed to be like the next weekend, uh, the last weekend of May. I was supposed to be in. So I was going to do Diani, uh, Watamu, mm-hmm. then Lamu. Wow. Personally, I was going to go to Kilifi. I know. <laughs> I was going to go to Kilifi because I don't know, like I said, if I ever have to settle down, like in this uh, country, really, mm-hmm. I I don't think I'm built for the city. I've me grown neither. Up here. Me neither. I I really don't care for the city at all. There's I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just feel more calm when I'm by the beach. I feel like if if there's a way that I could just work remotely. Gosh, I would too. absolutely move. I've always thought about that and I've been like, okay, is it possible for me to like write from, you know, somebody could just give me like a salary for me to afford like day-to-day living and then I move to like a coastal, you know, Diani or Kilifi or Watamu or Lamu. Yeah. And just leave my days in silence. Like, <laughs> come to Nairobi for like book signings or like exactly. important events. Because exactly. that's really all I ever do here, honestly. <laughs> Me too. So I'm like, I don't think I'd miss it that much. And then now I can just, you know, concentrate and I could be less online. And like, it's literally just a fantasy that I have. Yeah. Spend even my if, days even doing if, yoga. Exactly. Swimming. Yeah. And going to the market to buy oysters for five bob. Like, oh, why the fuck God. not? Exactly. And eating lobster <laughs> every single day. If you like lobster risotto for lunch every day. I do. So my quote is something that um, I keep going back to it because personally, I, I I feel like it's from somewhere. I don't know where it's from. Maybe it's not exactly like, it's not the exact quote, but I know that it's something that I wrote for my first article ever. And um, so I walked into, you know, I walked into the building uh, the day that we started the internship and I met like a couple of editors and they told me, hey, uh, you can just write about anything. Like we just want to see you write about literally anything mm-hmm. so that we can see what your writing skills are like. And I had just come from Kilifi. So I'm like, I really liked it there. I really enjoyed my trip. I feel like the quote-unquote ambassador of this place because I, yeah. I go there small inconvenience i have gotten on a bus i have gone like you will not see me for okay probably just five days but still i love it there and um quote is so i started the article there's something incredibly awe-inspiring about visiting places where the sky touches the ocean and yeah i don't know i think that should keep people motivated to you know one day go back and see the the beach see the ocean see the sunset on that side 
because um right now we're all cooped up but i feel like the day that you finally get to go back to the ocean there'll be so much healing and just a sense of i guess accomplishment uh, a feeling of survival and hopefully it's before the end of the year because when i'm going mad personally <laughs> i know just like this i i i thoroughly thoroughly miss the ocean i think about it daily and yeah that's what i want to leave people with so this is the segment where i give a shout out to the writers featured in this series and what better way to do that than through their work so i'll be reading short snippets of some of my favorite writing from them and can i just say that this was really hard to do because there's a lot of good stuff to choose from um but these are like you know some of my favorites so you know at the end of the day i still had to choose <laughs> and so this is what i chose So Fongatia I had a really hard time picking what to read um uh, because I've known Gatia for a very long time. Um I knew him when he was a spoken word artist and I was a spoken word artist back in the day. Although there was like an age difference so he was kind of coming up when I was exiting. Um <laughs> so it was no surprise when he and um Abu Sense who's also pretty amazing got together to start to Alifa Birds. So I decided to read something from Two Alifa Birds. Um Two Alifa Birds didn't happen this year. It was supposed to happen in April that weekend um the Easter weekend actually. Well, because of COVID-19, it's been postponed indefinitely. But they've put together a bunch of essays around music because that was the theme around music and you can find the essays on medium um to alifa birds so i'm going to be reading the one with mugidi a letter for people of house it's by kagichi maina and gatia truthfully there are few things that get more gekoyo than mugidi like potatoes soup and retiring to start a hardware the thing is you knew you were eventually going to retire and start a hardware heck you've known it all your life but somehow you'll still end up with a name like Dan Joyce or Josma Agrovets make it make sense truth is some things are just hardwired into us you can't train your folks into unlearning what's up there was something in the 1984 famine that had coded that nonsense pronunciation into their tongues rhythm is hard coded into the south africans Colonialism had wired into our Caucasian neighbors and Mugidi is had wired and coded into Gikoyos. See, Mugidi is to Gikoyos what Benga is to Luos, what Lingala is to the Congolese, what Katito means to Kambas. It is a communal trove of ballads, the stack of anthems, the collection of work songs. In a sea of beige jackets, safari boots and cowboy hats, the people dance or make random and choreographed movements all night long. In communion under lit skies as a person in the vortex strums his or her guitar along to a random popular caribbean song that has now been corrupted to tell the tale of how Shiko Amaina ran away with a white man to see skyscrapers in Nairobi the legendary one man guitar in case you ever wondered no guitars aren't originally ours they are borrowed so I'm a huge fan of Alea's writing um I mean she <laughs> Wow, her writing is beautiful and poetic and I mean she has a way of making you feel engulfed by her writing. That's the word I'm going to use, engulfed. 
So there's a lot I could read from her. Again, she has a lot um, out there. But I wanted to read something that really has stuck stuck with me. Something she wrote in 2016 for women who refuse. So I'm just going to read a small snippet. This is part three. I'm going to read a small snippet. This is for women who refuse to make space. It probably confused you that I didn't lower my gaze when you stared at me. Perhaps that's because you don't know who I am. For a long time, I didn't know either until my Kenyan sisters showed me where to look. Plucked from India, my tongue recognized only three generations and I was filled with envy at those whose homes lay on land that sheltered all their ancestors. Then one day, on a stage bathed in red light, Sitawa the third Namwalie demanded that we call out her name. And as I danced in the shadows, the Nyachiti licking at my soul, my blood reminded me that it could never forget. Let me tell you who I am. I am the daughter of a woman whose fearlessness in her pursuit of justice comes from a place grounded in such deep compassion that it cannot be cracked by the bullying of mere men. I am the granddaughter of a woman whose adventurous spirit recognizes no limitations, whose appetite for life cannot be dampened by your silly notions of what a woman should do. I am the granddaughter of a woman whose resilience is matched only by her intimate knowledge of what it is like to have to defend yourself in a world that tells women they don't exist. In my veins runs the blood of a long line of women who are not intimidated by men who confuse money with respect. You see, your power may lie in paper notes and cement blocks, but mine lies in kindness and truth. So I'm trying to remember when I met Magonga. I believe it was maybe like six or seven years ago. And uh, it was through blogging circles because he has a blog. I have a blog. Um, so we probably met, you know, at one of these brand things or, you know, blog things, big stuff. Uh, or Bake, by the way, is the Bloggers Association of Kenya. So when I say bake, I don't mean like baking, you know, like baking. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's where I probably met him. I liked his blog. Um, I still like his blog. I like his writing. So yeah, I want to read a short snippet of something from his blog. I think he wrote this when he went to Cuba in 2018. I love when he does like his reviews, travel reviews. I like them a lot. So this is a country of big and small things. I'm just going to read a little bit. When you fly business class, they let you out first. And then when you're safely away from the plane, the rest of the poultry follow. Those are the little joys that having a little more money affords people. It is not just about the leg space and the fact that they bring you slightly roasted tomatoes for breakfast. Being let in and out first is the subtlest definition of privilege. You know, just like in a political rally, you will know the hierarchy of importance by the order in which politicians leave the stage. I was not supposed to have been in business class because even from the tone of my voice, you can tell that I have neither any business being there nor, more importantly, class. I was one of the poultry who was meant to be riding at the back of the plane. Lakini, thanks to a mistake not of my doing, I got upgraded to the other side where they serve you fresh juice when you enter, and sometimes when your ancestors have eaten, they might even kneel like Baganda wives. That is how I ended up being among the first ones on Jose Marti International Airport's immigration line. We had just landed in Havana, you see, for a trip that Jaber and I had been planning for almost a year. She had traveled ahead of me a week earlier, so I was alone. Two ladies who I remembered from the Muthaiga end of the plane went ahead of me. At first, I could not under understand what was going on. The lady at the desk took their passports and told them to stand aside. I walked ahead, looking at them in amazement, because it is not often that you see white people being frozen at immigration. 
If I had known that the same fate awaited me, I probably would not have laughed in my heart. The girl at the desk looked at me, then at the cover of my passport, and without even examining father, said to me in Espanol while pointing at the ladies. And here is the thing about languages. You do not even need to understand what the other person is saying. You just need to know the context of your engagement and you will kind of figure out what she means. So I'm trying to remember, you know, when I met Abby and it's kind of fuzzy. <laughs> I think I've known Abby that long. I'm pretty sure I've known her close to 10 years now. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. So yeah, Abby writes a lot. She, I mean, she's written for TV. She's written, um, she has a column in the paper where she has some great thoughts, you know, an opinion column. You can read that um, when you get time, if you've never read her before. But I wanted to read something from her, um, her poetry collection, actually. So she has this poetry collection uh, from 2014. I believe it was her first one because I know she also has another one. But um, the first one is the one I'm referring to, Akello. So, yeah, poetry collection. It's a small, okay, it's not small. It's, there's a lot of poetry in here. So this, it, it, it's called, okay, it doesn't actually have a title. It's really just 20. Um, yeah, so it's one of my favorite. Um, it's really, really short. It's a little poem, but I really love it. Painted pictures colored softly, painted pictures on a wall. You would never see what colors used to be there at all. So I met Anita before she was a writer. Okay, that sounds really strange because I don't believe that there's, there's a moment you're like, oh, I'm a writer. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, before, well, she officially was saying, calling herself a writer. Uh, let me just. Yeah, okay, let me leave it at that. So when I met Anita, she was an influencer. Um, she was a student studying law and what else? Oh, yes, and she was a mixologist. So we kind of um, bonded over those things because we were working on a project together uh, for some, I'm not going to say which brand, but we were working on, on something together for a brand. So we hung out quite a bit and then we just hit it off. And then, of course, um, I mean, you know, I love cocktails. She was interesting. Uh, she knew a lot about cocktails. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool beans. You know, more stuff that we can talk about. Um, yeah, so when she started writing and became a columnist for The Nation, I was like, ah, oh, okay, great. Um, I mean, that was kind of like coming, I mean, in the sense that, you know, the way her mind works. So yeah, I could read a lot of stuff that she's written for The Nation that is pretty good, but... I wanted to read something again from the two Alifa Buds uh, blog that she wrote. Uh, um, yeah, so I'm going to read a snippet. Pirates of the Caribbean, Them Damn Mushrooms by Anita N. Murage. As a local tourist to the coastal part of Kenya, there are three things that are certain. Beaches, booty, and Jumbo Buana. Yes, that Jumbo Buana. You're singing it in your head right now, aren't you? You can't get it to stop, no matter how hard you try. Okay, so it's 1997. You've just bought a big G from Mama Nyambu's kiosk, and there's a question on the rapper glaring right at you. Which band sang Jumbo Buana? You were just trying to chew some gambana. But it's a hit song that's been just about everywhere around the world since it was released, and at this point, you're not even sure who sang it first. Who sang it first? Girl, I don't know. 
there's this Bonnie M version, then there's this one, and there's this one, and then there's this one. And then there's the one you had a live band playing at Mombasa Beach when you were chasing your cousin Doro, who had just stolen the sausage you were saving to eat after you were done eating your chips. Safe to say, everyone has a different claim as to which Jumbo Buana is the original one. Every band at every hotel has their own version, but the tune is the same. It is playing in your head right now. I call that Kichwa Radio. But can the real Jumbo Buana please stand up? Actually, wait. I have a story. Here's a list of things to remember. There's a band, a beach hotel, a record label, a girl, a vinyl record, and the Pirates of the Caribbean. Read that again, out loud. That's six things. It'll all make sense when I'm done. So pay attention. So it wouldn't be right for me to talk about writing and not, I guess, share my own writing. It was hard to pick something simply because I write in so many styles and in different formats. You know, everything from poetry to fiction, to screenplays, nonfiction, you know. Um, so, yeah, I I struggled to pick something, but I decided to keep it light and breezy. So I'm going to read an excerpt from The Toilet Paper Thief. This was my short story um, from the anthology, The Fifth Draft. I think this was, this was like in 2015. Um yeah, so it's funny, you know, and all that. And plus, I had a really good time writing it then. And it's sort of inspiring the kind of writing that I want to write now, or that I'm writing now, you know, light and breezy and just funny, you know. But of course, um, you know, digging deeper into something more. Anyway, too much talking. <laughs> yeah, here we go. So the toilet paper thief. My pay is late again. I don't bother looking at my bank balance. I already know it's not enough. The prospect of facing the landlady empty-handed for the third month in a row makes me want to just stuff my things in a suitcase and sneak away in the middle of the night. No. Police manhunt on the unforgiving Nairobi streets is an even worse prospect. I don't have the money for rent, let alone bail or even worse, bribes. I call the accountant to the office and hope by some miracle he has some good news. You have to be nice to accountants. They're the keepers of the master's money. One bad run-in with them and your pay will forever be going to the wrong account. He doesn't pick up. When accountants dodge calls, there's probably no money. Unfazed, I try him again and again. Finally, he picks up and explains that there's a cash flow problem, but he'll call me back when the money is available. From the tone of his voice, I can tell there's no point in pleading. Pleading. That's how I live my life. Pleading with my boss. Pleading with my landlady, pleading with the butcher, pleading with God. I don't like my voice when it's pleading. It's the shrillness, the desperation, the pitiful echo it carries. Pleading changes the cadence of your voice, depletes its strength. Soon, even when talking to your friends, you sound weak and afraid. Koki, you sound kind of weird. What's wrong? You pretend you didn't hear. You know why. It's only a matter of time before they know too and then pity you. The shaking of heads and sighing in your direction, the whispered updates on your latest difficulty, and the prayer requests made for a friend who is currently being tested in the wilderness. Pity from friends is like baking skin in the scorching sun. It's a slow and painful torture. It's 3 p.m. on a month end Friday. It must be that everyone in Nairobi with a job has been paid but me. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram updates are filled with Furahi Day plans. I have 763 shillings and 50 cents in my wallet. The only alcohol I can afford is the kind that could land me on the news, blind. I suppose I can stay indoors and read a book tonight. 
I quickly stuffed the 500 shilling note in my bra. Any pickpocket will have to dig deep to steal from me. Nairobi is a concrete labyrinth. Everywhere seems reachable and all goals seem achievable, but it's all an illusion. The sky is the same blue as in Machakos and the people look the same. But there's an insidious presence that hovers over the city. I feel it's meant to remind strangers like myself that this is not our home. God has abandoned me. I came here thinking I could somehow tame this city's monsters, but these monsters have their mother, and I am not her. So I'm really excited about this series. I'm very excited to be in conversation with more Kenyan writers, more Kenyan artists, more Kenyan creatives, more Kenyan thinkers, more Kenyan scholars, more Kenyan teachers. Um, of course, I would love to have conversations with people who are not Kenyan um, in Africa, in the diaspora. But my main focus really is um, Kenya because I really do want to curate what is going on here with us. Um, and I'm very excited about that that work. I'm very excited about the conversations that are, are going to come out of it. Um, yeah, so again, a big thank you to Ngatia Brian Kimafi, Alea Kasam, Magunga Williams, Abigail Arunga, and Anita Murage. Thank you so, so much for every single thing um, that you guys have done. Thank you for taking the time to have a conversation with me. I look forward to reading more your, um, of your work um, Yeah, and engaging again in the future. So thank you. I've been your host, Mwendengao, and this has been Mwende Says, a weekly podcast on all things life that is out every Wednesday. If you'd like to share a voice note to be featured on the podcast on pretty much anything that you want to comment on or how you're coping through this pandemic, you can do so by emailing me at hi at mwendengao.com. That's H-I at M-W-E-N-D-E-N-G-A-O.com. Please do keep it about a minute to two minutes long. You can also send me your thoughts on the podcast or anything else you'd like to share. I'd love to hear from you. Interact with me on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, my handle is at Mwendesoso. That's M-W-E-N-D-E-S-U-S-U. Or on my Facebook page, Mwendengao. Next week, we'll talk all things menstrual health. May's Menstrual Wellness Month. So we cannot end the month without talking about, about um, menstrual health. And uh, actually, May 28th is Menstrual Health Day. That's next week. So we'll be talking periods. Period. <laughs> oh my god i crack myself up sometimes anyway um till then remember to wash your hands social distance wear your mask stay active and be kind and remember to have joy as regular practice so seek joy claim joy and cling to joy thank you so much for listening